Please be seated. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunities to worship you. And we thank you for the possibilities to be strengthened by your word. Even as we meditate on your word this morning, speak to us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we live this life, one important decision that we are always called to make is when there are three or four roads that stand ahead of us. Imagine we do not have a map with us, neither do we have any of the modern gadgets, including a navigator. How do we choose which way to go? Imagine you do have a map, you have a navigator, still you're unsure which is the right path to take. It is at this crucial question, right from our young ages, we were all told to walk in step with the Spirit. What do we mean by walking in step with the Spirit? As we look at that small passage from Galatians, it is true. As we are about to decide on which road, there will be bewildering sights on the other sides attracting us, saying, come this way. There will be wonderful music, wonderful sounds from other sides saying, come this way. There will be luring smell from another side saying, come this way. Where do we choose? And how do we choose to choose a path that makes best out of a life? How do you keep step with the Spirit? How do we ensure that our life is in step with the Spirit? When we look at the epistle lesson that was read to us, Paul is writing to the Galatian church. Quite a lot of Basic life realities has already been told to them. And now, when we come, when he comes to the last part of chapter 5, he's trying to tell you, live a life that is in step, in freedom. What do we mean by living a life in step with freedom? Three things he says in the first part. The first, it is sinking in the reality called freedom. Second thing is to be aware of the snare or the trap of self-indulgence. And the third is the possibility of serving in love. He says, but through love become slaves to one another. And this morning, like the Galatian church, all of us are reminded that we are called to freedom. Called to freedom. The same old story of the pastor who was coming to church on a cold morning like this and saw a young boy with a cage full of small birds. 
he was harming the bird so badly that the pastor asked him would you sell me this cage and he said well i have paid a price for it and if only you pay for it will i give you this the pastor did not think twice he paid for it opened the cage let the birds go he came to his parish did his service at the end of the service came back to where the cage was and he to his utter surprise saw there were two birds still sitting in the cage even when the doors are open even when you are told you are free there are several people who still continue in bondage paul in the early reality of the galatian church realizes this recognizes this and then reminds them you are called to freedom freedom from all kinds of bondages freedom from fear freedom from want freedom from injustice freedom from exploitation the list can keep going on and he says freedom is what it shall be living in different kinds of fetters of the modern age living in different kinds of cages of the modern age several people are not able to make full potential of their personal lives full potential of their family lives and the galatian church paul was realizing was not able to live up to the full potential of a church fettered shackled by different realities of the flesh and of the world and therefore he says it's important that you break open that you realize who you are there was a farmer who had quite a lot of chicken in his farm one day as we as he went up the forest for something he saw an eaglet nest had fallen down small eaglets were there the mother birds were not to be seen anywhere around so there were two small chicks the eaglets that were there he took the small little eagles came to his house put them alongside the chicken this little birds the story writer says grew alongside it never looked up into the skies like every hen it always looked down looked for small worms here and there and started living a very happy life one day a man of the forest came in saw the farmer and his two eagles with the hen he said well my friend this is not the place for it to be these two birds must not be sitting around the worms they must be flying high in the sky well now will it be possible they have not learned to fly but let's try so they took it up the cliff tried pushing it down no mother's wings to help it it really fell down bad but then these birds were resilient they wanted to fly high and they did fly high after some time and the man of the forest told the farmer well what must be flying high soaring the skies must never be under a farm small and curtailed wherever it is and the story writer concluded in this way that's the story of you and me that's the story of the church today having the potential and possibilities to be soaring high 
with high possibilities in our personal lives and family lives. Several times we are like this chicken in the farmer's farm, just looking at a worm or two that will satisfy the need of our stomach. Dear friends, Paul is writing to tell them a new beginning is possible. A new beginning of freedom, a new beginning of affirmation, a new beginning of faith. And freedom in Christ is a freedom to walk in the direction of the Spirit where the Spirit of the Lord would lead you to. And he says, what is the biggest problem therein? The biggest problem, Paul puts it this way, self-indulgence. Mindless self-indulgence. MSI, as some of us would call it. You will not fly until you give up the weight that bogs you down. And many a times, the weight that bogs you down from flying into destinations that the Lord wants you to fly is yourself, the I, the ego, the desires of the I, the desires for comfort, the desires for comfort zones, which stops us from really going in into areas where Lord wants our presence to be in. So even when Paul tells them, love, and he goes one step ahead to say, serve one another in love, he says, what would stop you from doing that? What would stop you from serving one another in love is yourself. You see your self-indulgence, where you will be bothered only about you. And sometimes if your family is lucky, about your family and their personal financial security. Nothing beyond that. Paul is reminding the Ephesian church and tells them, you are called to freedom and being called to freedom is being called to serve one another in love. He then goes on to say, walking in step with the Spirit is walking in step in love, in the love of God. The summary of the law, he puts it together before them and said, there is a sad reality within homes, within churches, within communities of biting and devouring each other and the possibility of being consumed by that big ego bomb, the big ego reality that stops you from really being who you are. And therefore, like all the gospel writers, Paul is also to the Galatian church summarizing the entire teaching of Jesus Christ in one beautiful sentence. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm not going, going to really deliberate on that. But one step further, he saw see bickering in the church. He sees difficulties in the church and goes on to say, do not bite and devour one another bite and devour one another, the biblical principles of handling conflict. I'm sure some of you would have read this book of Alexander Strock, devouring one another, biting one another. And one step further he says, what makes you do it? The I, the ego. And what Paul is trying to tell the Galatian church is this, let not your ego stand on the way of who you can be. Let not your ego stand on the way of the heaven your family can be. Let not your personal egos stand on the way of what your church can be. 
And therefore Paul, in another words, is saying, ego is the only requirement to destroy any relationship. So, he tells the Galatian church, be bigger, take the E away and go, go in the direction of the spirit so that your life would be meaningful. He then reminds them, being in step with the spirit is being in step with the kingdom values. And he explains to them the different aspects of the kingdom values and say, check your lives, whether it is compatible with the kingdom values. Look at your inner self, whether it is this inner strife to do or not to do. And also be reminded of the cost of discipleship. The kingdom values Paul explains to them of love, of justice, of compassion, of freedom on one side. And the other side, the values of the flesh, profit, the values of the market-led world, which only ask the question, what will you get? And the market economy has only one question, what is my profit? I'm not bothered about what the loss of the other is. I'm not bothered about what destruction happened. And in some places, I'm not bothered about eco-justice. I'm not bothered about justice of the original people. I'm not bothered about what happens to the flora and fauna. I'm bothered only about profit. Me, my profit. Paul says, no. When the church begins, his initial reality is this. There is always the choice between the yes and the no buttons. In any choice you make, the flesh, and today the market-led economy would tell you, choose this way, forget about everybody else. And Paul says, in this choice between the flesh and the spirit, oh my friends in the Galatian church, be ready to choose the S of the spirit. And then he says, never take disobedience light. There is a cost of disobedience. He lists up a, a lot of things about what happens when we fall prey to the flesh. And he says, be sure you will not inherit the kingdom of God, the joy and happiness of the kingdom of God. It's not threatening people about fire in the hell, but he's saying the joy of the kingdom cannot happen if you live a life that is incompatible with the values of the kingdom. And finally, concluding that chapter, Paul writes to them, your life should be in step in fruitfulness. It is possible that you live a full life of 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, and there's not even one person anywhere in the world who would stand before God and say, oh God, thank you for that one person who lived in this earth. That person touched my life, transformed my soul, influenced me. You might have lived only 20 years or 24 years. There will be at least two people who say, Lord, I thank you because such a person lived in this world. And Paul says, live a life of fruitfulness. Live a life understanding what the meaning of crucifying your flesh is and live a life that understands the essence of being guided by the Spirit. And he doesn't use the word fruits of the Spirit. He says fruit of the Spirit in singular. And if you have the fruit of the Spirit, he says, 
There is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all in you. And today, perhaps that could be the mirror that we use. Lord, is there love in me that others can see? Patience in me that the world can see. There is kindness in me that the world can enjoy. There is gentleness in me that the world cherishes. And therefore, Paul concludes saying, crucify your flesh. Everything that is carnal, that draws you away from divine plans for you, and live by the Spirit. Living in the Spirit, in step with the Spirit, is living in step with freedom, living in step with love, living in step with kingdom values, and living in step in fruitfulness. A life that is fruitful, a life that is useful, a life that is blessed. May the Lord enable us to understand what the essence of living in the Spirit is in this beautiful life in this earth that He has blessed us with. Shall we spend a few moments in silence reflecting on what we heard this morning? <laughs>